Hey, hey, Devin, what's the command to S this P? Shoot this pod? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know how you shoot a pod? <laughs> I want to zap a pod. I want to quaff this pod. I want to quaff this pod badly. <laughs> I want to, you, you know how badly I want to quaff right now? And you know, every every episode of Gameography is like a potion in in today's game. You don't know quite what you're going to get. <laughs> it could <laughs> you, be really it bad. It might blind you. <laughs> Yeah. Or this podcast could ruin your life. It could completely heal you. <laughs> it could solve all your problems or literally end your life and turn you into an ASCII gravestone. <laughs> that is the gameography promise every single time. You know, there are better there there are worse things that could happen to you in life than you getting turned into an ASCII gravestone. In my yeah. from my perspective. That's like hmm, Yeah. Like you could uh <laughs> Like, you could try to get rid of an orc and turn it into a Jabberwock, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, those old Jabberwocks. Okay, I swear to God, I looked this up. If you Google image search Jabberwock, which is, um, you know, one of the strongest enemies in Rogue. I accidentally came across one. And if you look it up, what they are, are they're just dragons with, like, gopher teeth. You know and, what like, it is? You know what it's faces. from, right? No, what is it from? It's from Alice in Wonderland. Really? Mm-hmm. The Jabberwocky. It's a it's a poem inside of. Oh. I, you, honestly, Gilad probably talked about it in one of your classes, <laughs> one of your literature <laughs> classes, because it's like uh, a famous example of nonsense po- poetry. Ooh. Because it's just like a a bunch of like insane uh, made up words, basically. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, including Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Yeah, that's what I guess. I haven't seen it, but I guess that's where they got the like Black Mirror. Oh wow! From. Wow, for that iconic Black Mirror. From that came from unforgettable Lewis Carol. Yeah, it's like you might have forgotten that. Yeah, it's like a big. It's a big monster guy. Yeah, well, that's weird that it's in Rogue then. If it's from Alice in Wonderland. I mean, not really. They just took a bunch of random stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean the 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 story of Rogue is basically a retelling of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. You fall Where down. You, a, a you're crazy taking hole. random potions. Honestly, yeah. If you like change sizes and like a bunch of other like weird stuff, wow, that'd then be, yeah. you'd then it would really be Alice in if Wonderland. If there was just like a few more friendly enemies in this game. <laughs> yeah, like like friendly but also like quite menacing like creatures yeah they're like you weren't sure if you should trust them or not yeah in rogue you just get menacing and they're not like potentially friendly and you just know that you shouldn't trust them. you just know to kill everything you <laughs> your eyes yeah. lay down on oh eyes are the worst that's an ice monster oh yeah no those guys have the, did you did you ever get frozen by those guys i actually didn't know every time i was afraid i would but i never did yeah it, well it's be glad you didn't. It was bad. It's it cold. happened to you? You been there? It's cold? I've been there, man. It's cold. You were C? Chilly? <laughs> I was F. Frozen. <laughs> you were furked. That's what you were. Tim, we're talking about Rogue today, if you hadn't guessed by our discussion so far. 
Um, I do have to say, it is absolutely pouring outside, continuing the tradition of whenever we record gameography, that it just, for some reason, completely storms here. It only storms once a week. It's so crazy. It's always right when we're gogging. <laughs> but it truly is, like, coming down. It really, but also in, in typical gameography fashion, um, mm-hmm. you can hear it and we're talking about it, but the listener definitely can't hear it. Oh, definitely not, yeah. I'm not picking up anything. Yeah, Although no, Devin, yeah. did, Devin get, did get struck by lightning earlier, and I could hear that very clearly. You could hear my, Was it you my that screams. You actually got struck by lightning, right? That wasn't just outside? Yeah. If you watch our, uh, if you watch our, the, the, <laughs> the um, recording from, that we did from Twitch on our i guess it'll be on our youtube channel uh perhaps uh you can see me get electrocuted so you'll want to check that out that's pretty exciting that's pretty you can see my bones if i, if I were a gogger at home i'd i'd be racing to my keyboard to go to twitch.com slash gamography pod and see your bones <laughs> you're, not, you're not you're not seeing us bone I want to make that clear for any of you freaks out no, there. No, people need to people need to stop making this assumption. You're here <laughs> to see his bones. And yeah, people. And of course, C means consume. If you press C, you consume. So <laughs> uh-huh. you're trying to consume Devin's bones. Yeah, which is which is normal and fair on Twitch. But the other thing that we won't mention again, you can't do that on Twitch. You can't do that on yeah. the internet. Famously, yeah. you cannot bone on the internet no it's something it's the internet right from the beginning not, that wasn't allowed does not contain um rogue Devin. rogue <laughs> is a dungeon crawling video game by michael toy and glenn wickman with later wow. contributions by ken arnold developed ken coming at the last minute in 1980 we've we've if you uh if you're following along this season from last episode We've jumped 10 years, basically. Into <laughs> Wasn't it 20 years? Is it 20 years? Was it? Oh, yeah, 62 yeah. 62 was yeah, um, exactly, Space yeah. War. Almost 20 years, yeah. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> 18 years. No one came up with something better than Space War. No one came up with something we thought was worth talking about. <laughs> uh, but what did precede Rogue uh, was text-based sort of like dungeon crawling games where mm. you would like you know it would like it was completely just text like you go into this room there's x and x and then you'd you'd type like fight look at or x whatever. yeah look at fight. x just you enter a room fight <laughs> that's all you that's every i'm room. ready to go <laughs> yeah um so that those games are kind of what these like the uh, Michael Toy and Glenn Wickman were playing uh, inspired them to some extent, and um, those games were inspired by or inspired. Or they're they're related to like tabletop games, right? The text based like wasn't the yeah. text based games I essentially th- the computerization of what people are already playing in terms of like D and D and stuff, Dungeons and Slash Dragons. Um, I maybe those may have just come out of like people wanting to make games but like literally text was all you could do you know yeah Um, probably 
But I think a lot of those a lot of those games were definitely oh, you're, kind of you are playing right. games yes. in the realm of um, Dungeons and Dragons. And I, I think it's also just notable because Rogue is literally just Dungeons and Dragons, essentially. Yeah. It's like it's like you you lose the the detail that a real dungeon master would mm. give you, you lose like any procedurally like, generated yeah any like kind of like sense of like story or like the, exactly, the actual yeah. like more role-playing elements of it and just have like the more like you know like dungeon crawling elements mm-hmm. left yeah but you but are it's correct. like you're striking and you're missing and there's literally like dice rolling happening in the computer program mm-hmm. whenever you look at the enemies it'll say that you know this enemy has a d like 2d8 mm-hmm. of strength yeah that's and that's straight out of D&D. Straight out of D&D. Yeah. <laughs> Great song. Um, but as we alluded to, it's also an early game that uses um, procedural generation, where every time you mm-hmm. play, the layout and like the items you get and where monsters are and everything is completely random. Yeah, people don't know this. Rogue was the first roguelike. <laughs> it's true. People don't, people don't give it enough credit, I, I say. No. Nope. Wasn't enter the gungeon, <laughs> it was enter the rogue. So, so Michael Toy, uh, oh, and T. and Glenn Wickman both were students at University of California Santa Cruz in the 70s, and uh, they worked on some computers, including the PDP 11. You'll remember the PDP 1, which is what oh, Space War guy. was okay. on. Yeah, that's the okay. that's the computer like line, I guess. Um, he downloaded series. Colossal Cave Adventure, which is like the f- basically like the first one of those text text based adventure games. Um, Developed between nineteen seventy five and seventy seven for mm-hmm. the PDP ten, mm-hmm. and so he, that inspired him to start making his own games. He met this other guy, and then like there they. He had, who's Wickman, and I think the thing is he had written this program that allowed you to draw things with ASCII art, basically. Mm. And so they, they started working together. Um, and, oh, they shared an apartment. And then they, they started uh-huh. working on um, games together. Of the two, Toy was more proficient at coding, while Wickman had a better sense of the design of these games. Um, and their biggest problem with games that they were playing at the time was that it was the same every time you played it and they wanted like basically they just wanted to make a game for themselves they like they're like we want to make a game where like we can be surprised (laughs) and like have it be like interesting every time um every time we try and play it um yeah because and going back to like tabletop games that's the appeal of that is Mm -hmm. that it's a totally new game every time Mm-hmm. And this is kind of giving you that without the hassle of actually having to plan out a game. Yeah, and also, like, a big appeal of the of tabletop games is how much. And this this would have been in like the text based adventures too, but just like how much of it is in your imagination, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think that even though Rogue is kind of like an early attempt at graphics, it's still like you have to <laughs> imagine pretty much everything that's happening because everything is just letters and then you guys a little smiley face yeah it is like truly the simplest 
kind of portrayal of the characters in the scene and everything you could possibly imagine on a computer other mm-hmm. than text, which would arguably be more sophisticated. And yet, I, and I, I was very afraid that I would not be able to get into this at all and that it would just never click for me, but immediately <laughs> I just saw past it and I saw, I saw the R's for what they were, <laughs> which is rattlesnakes. <laughs> yeah, I think like you, you can just like not really engage with that and just like kind of like mindlessly kind of go through but it like i feel like especially like once you start getting further down and you get into those like the rooms where like mm-hmm. it's dark and you have to like walk around to light your way that like yeah, really yeah. just like helps with like the i don't know just like getting into like the atmosphere and like Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's a, it's truly remarkable how immersive it is for being just <laughs> literally text. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So yeah, all of the enemies are just different letters of the alphabet, and and there is one for all twenty six letters, right? Is that yep. correct? There's twenty six enemies. Yeah. So you can get any letter, and it makes it so much fun when you just see like a U, <laughs> and you're like, "What is that? What is it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Who, what could this be? Yeah. Is this an umbrella or?" <laughs> unkillable enemy i would have i would have thought unicorn personally oh actually yeah that would have made a lot more sense that would have been a cool enemy to get owned by (laughs) yeah what was it it was an ervile i don't that's what it was that it killed me sounds like the you some made up crap to me yeah it sounds like some alice in wonderland crap sounds like some fantasy crap um so but this game was made uh for computers that like didn't have any graphics capabilities obviously like they were just Mm. it was made for like you know like terminals hooked up to a mainframe so like it would just like kind of like spit out text you know kind of like what we talked Mm. about last week but like (laughs) it is crazy that like you know going it's like going backwards from last week in terms of like graphical capabilities, even it though it's actually 20 is, years yeah. later. <laughs> um, Gosh. Well, so then the computer, the like the PDP one and the PDP 11 mm-hmm. must have been wildly different in like availability and price, right? For not being that technologically advanced. I imagine they were pretty they similar because right? like these were computers that were not like they were not made for like normal people to buy. They were really no, yeah. They were made for like, like either like businesses that would like need them for some reason, or like researchers. Basically, is my understanding. Hmm. Um, this is a quote from Glenn Wickman. He said, "The main home computers at this time were the Atari four hundred slash eight hundred, the Commodore sixty four, and the Apple II. There was no Macintosh and hardly any IBM PCs at the time." Um, and then he talked about the, hmm. uh, like the mainframes at universities, which is what they were like working off of. So, yeah, like the Atari four hundred plus eight hundred is like the same. I, I, my understanding is it's like the same like basically th- like thing as uh, like the same like kind of computing power as like the Atari game, like the original Atari game console, which is obviously okay, like so it was very like very low powered obviously by yeah by any like but was is it is it essentially the same computer but with the intent of using for like 
business and home use that, that was meant for yeah, gaming exactly like for like home like mm. stuff like you could hook up a keyboard to it and stuff i assume and like yeah. kind of do more like computery things not just play games on it mm. interesting um it's weird why wasn't why wasn't rogue on uh the atari that would made more sense well like i mean they didn't develop it for like they were just college kids for one for one thing and mm. then uh toy uh michael toy actually got kicked out of <laughs> college because oh, okay. because he was working on like the on rogue too much and just and he was he was like failing his classes so then he went to work at uh the computer lab at california berkeley and then at that Ooh. point both toy and wickman both had their own like version of rogue that they kept working on but they like oh interesting. they couldn't like there was no real internet at the time so they couldn't like easily send it back and forth to yeah. each other. So at this point, basically like um, Wickman kind of just like stopped, and and mm. at this point, Toy, I believe, uh, met Ken Arnold, who like then started helping him like add add more things to the game. I don't remember what what those were or anything, but like like. Rattlesnakes. <laughs> yeah, rattlesnakes. For example. Uh, normal Unicorns. snakes. Normal snakes. Snakes and rattlesnakes. Um, Variety of snakes available. So then at a, at a later point, they... they So, like, originally, so it was developed for Unix, the Unix system, and they just released it for free with... Uh, there, there was, or there still is a, like a Unix operating system called Berkeley Software uh, Software Distribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's obviously released by University of California Berkeley, and so it was just like included. I don't, maybe it probably still is. <laughs> so it was just like included for free in that operating system, and that's how the game got popular. Because anyone who just installed mm. installed that, it's like you know, like solitaire on windows or whatever like yeah it was just like you just have it had it and then at a, at some point they were like oh we could actually like try and make money from this <laughs> and so they did start a company um but basically it it didn't didn't turn out too well like i think they they talk about how like it was a couple of factors like they were kind of late in doing it so they're like most people who wanted to play it like probably like could get it for free or whatever or play it for free yeah and then also yeah, and the people who who didn't want to play it didn't know and didn't care i assume yeah like well the, the, their audience is the people who have already gone out of their way to get it i assume prob- probably that's some that has something to do with it and then also by the time they were like releasing those like commercial versions of it, there were like there were other games that like had graphics and stuff <laughs> that were like so it's harder to like sell your game, you know, just because like you know if you haven't even even though Rogue might be a better game than I don't know what these you know those other games would have been, but like yeah, you would look at it and be like oh this looks like old and crappy like, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, it's it's not immediately clear just looking at it what the genius of it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's basically like the the history of the game. Um, it's you know it, it inspired obviously <laughs> a bunch of other games. Um, yeah, like in the eighties, there was like a batch of them. Uh, like Wikipedia points out, Hack and Moria. Obviously, mm-hmm. also NetHack, NetHack came from Hack, mm-hmm. and my dad played that all the time when I was a kid. I've always been curious about it. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, like in the last like ten years or something, there's been like a huge like roguelike s- surge <laughs> of games. You're right, there has, yeah. Um, like, like the, I mean, one of the biggest games like of last year, basically, Hades was. A roguelike. Mm, that's true. And then there was like that's true. That like what you know. What, well, there was there's Enter that, and Exit the Gungeon, which I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. There oh, was there's there's that big um, PS5 game that's a roguelike. That's like one of what the is, first. Um, I forget what it's called. Snacks. <laughs> is that a roguelike? It's like a sci-fi game, and it's like. Uh, it's like really like really like nice graphics and stuff it's like one of the at least from what i know it's one of the first like really returnal yeah returnal yeah yeah okay what's that it's a roguelike it's like a shooter like third person (laughs) shooter (laughs) it's supposed to be really hard from what i've heard which didn't make sense for the genre but like yeah it's like you're you know you're like i don't know what the story is really but you're like trying to to get through through something and you keep dying and but like the modern the modern so roguelike thing that has started happening is like you dying is part of the story like that's the thing in hades and that's in that game as well oh like, that's funny yeah yeah and like because in that game i know you'll like find your own like dead body like as you're running through the world and be like oh, oh really like, i oh, must have cool. been here before or something like that and then yeah <laughs> Obviously, in Hades, like, you're in the underworld already, so it, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Hades, actually, that's got to be, like, the best kind of version of this kind of plot device mm-hmm. where you come back and every time they greet you and everything, it's, like, very funny. Yeah, yeah. And it makes so much sense in the game world and fits the tone yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah, The kind of dark silliness. Yeah, but, like, up until this point, most most roguelikes have been, like, you you have a new character... You play until they're dead, basically, mm-hmm. and then yeah. that's it. Like they're gone. Um, which I feel like, I feel like that that style also does work, especially when I imagine like I haven't played Ned Hack, but I wonder if it goes in this direction of like, um, you know, being able to like choose kind of what kind of character you want to have, or like you know, mm. being able to like like i'm gonna use more like magic wands or whatever this you know this time yeah, through yeah so i feel like one of the things with rogue is like you're just so like you're such as like a generic guy that like yeah but it actually is funny you you don't have like classes or anything yeah. obviously and there's no kind of built-in mechanism to you know help you differentiate differentiate between different play styles but they kind of give you options in that game that is true like, yeah you you have air you have the bow and the arrow and then you have your mace that you start out with yeah. and then you can get spells and there's different strategy things you can do yeah 
Yeah, that is true. That is true. You can like part of the fun of it. And I think like what items you come across, um, kind of like, you know, you can kind of lean into a certain style based on that. Like if you find like a good sword or something, obviously you're probably going to use that versus like continuing to use your bow. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do want to also read, uh, I, I feel like this is just like this is like a paper they like submitted to school or something like that that they did the, the makers of rope mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> oh michael toy and ken arnold did wrote this but oh okay. um i, I want to read the because like there is like a setup for the story um oh okay please you have just finished your years as a student at the local fighters guild after much practice and sweat you have finally completed your training and are ready to embark upon a perilous adventure. As a test of your skills, the local guild masters have sent you into the Dungeons of Doom. Your task is to return with the Amulet of Yendor. Your reward for completion of this task will be a full membership in the local guild. In addition, you are allowed to keep all the loot you bring back from the dungeons. In preparation for your journey, you are given an enchanted mace, a bow, and a quiver of arrows taken from a dragon's horde in the far-off Dark Mountains. You are also outfitted with elf-crafted armor and given enough food to reach the dungeons. You say goodbye to your family and friends for what may be the last time and head up the road. Um, there's another paragraph, wow. but that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so they're sending a young, unexperienced fighter down into these dungeons who has a family. and <laughs> My favorite part is like, you're almost certainly going to die and the whole like thing you're hoping to get out of this is to get into this guild. Like, it's such a bad reward for doing this. Yeah, that's that's not it's like the worst like, job interview ever. You're gonna go and, judging by our uh, play history, yeah. you're most likely going to die. Mm-hmm. And if you somehow survive this incredibly perilous job you get to become part of a club which let's let's go back to you almost certainly die because i have a quote from um where is it where is it um from wickman who says i personally know probably a half dozen people who have completed the game without taking advantage of a bug by the way i am not one of those people I have never even come <laughs> close to beating the game, even though I understand its workings what? as well as anybody else. What? And then, but my wife has beaten it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the wife meter Back to Miyamoto. <laughs> yeah, the wife meter on Rogue is out of, this, out, of the, out of this roof. Apparently. Out of the roof, dude. <laughs> That's, well, that actually makes me feel a lot better for not coming close to beating it. Yeah. Knowing that one of the makers of the game can't do it himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's incredible. And then also he has another quote about uh, like watching other people play. And he says, it was an interesting lesson in human psychology to sit in a room and listen to people playing Rogue. People came up with the wildest theories about how the game worked, actually attributing more intelligence to the little monsters than they actually had. Sort of filling in the <laughs> blank spaces making the world richer by adding their own imagination. Some people even hit the keys harder because they thought they had figured out their attacks did more damage that way. <laughs> that was actually my play style, yeah, as you may know. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll yours was hitting sample. it faster. 
Yeah, this was this is what it sounded like when because you have to you, you you hit an arrow key to like go in the direction to hit in the direction, then space to go to the next you know move. And it was just like <laughs> that was like me playing, and uh, a lot of the time I didn't die when I would do that. So except when you died after five seconds on when you were streaming, there was the one time. Yeah, we were streaming and I died after about four of four of those clicks. Like dead. That was the whole game basically. Yeah. Um. I also like in that in that original paper this this little line or the, this few lines that just like really gives you an idea of like what like the like the landscape of computer games were at the, was at the time. It says Rogue differs from most computer fantasy games in that it is screen oriented. Commands are all on one or two keystrokes, and the results of your commands are displayed graphically on the screen rather than being explained mm. in words. Um, mm. It's just it's great. Like they literally felt like they had to explain. That's like, there's <laughs> graphics. Don't be scared. Yeah. <laughs> that it's not just Don't words. Don't be scared. <laughs> Don't be scared by this little smiley face. <laughs> Trust me. It'll all make sense. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like the, uh, well, they, they talk about how, like they didn't like necessarily like try and make it i don't think their intent was to make it like super hard but they also didn't like purposely necessarily like design it to be a certain way from my understanding they were just like we didn't really like like test it or like <laughs> try and make <laughs> sure that it was like doable they just like kind of made it and then how it was is how it was is my understanding like which that makes sense yeah, to me. Which, which makes sense. Like they weren't like trying to like <laughs> make like a big popular game. They just wanted to make something they could play, basically, and then it became popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I just love that. Like that. Like that was not necessarily intentional on their part, but that like is a defining feature of rogue likes. Is that they're like really hard, and that you're like not supposed to be able to beat them necessarily every time you play, right? Like. Wow. So the fact that we cannot, for the life of us, after two years, beat Risk of Rain 2 is all because of the these two guys' like, mistake <laughs> or just like kind of like by chance carelessness. Yeah. <laughs> but like that. That's so sad. Yeah. But like that, that obviously d- does like that level of like challenge does like strike a chord with people, obviously. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, that's that's clearly part of why it's so fun to keep on playing it over and over again. Yeah. Like, it does make me think of, like, the, like, Dark Souls, like, series, like, the, the, mm-hmm. the Souls, Souls-like games, another, like, series. But it's, like, they're both, they can both just be, like, so intense, where it's, like, yeah. In Rogue, like, you, like, find a, a new letter <laughs> that you don't know what the letter stands for. And it's just like, I don't like, I guess I'm going to try and fight this thing and like, see what yeah, happens. This could be anything. It's like, I get- Especially how long people were playing this game without the internet to look it up. Mm-hmm. Like you literally just wouldn't know. Well, and also there's stuff that like, you just can't know, like, because every time the potions yeah. and the scrolls are randomized. Yeah. So it's like, I guess I'm going to try and drink this potion because it might be a healing potion and I need a healing potion right now. 
but mm-hmm. it might like make things way worse. <laughs> Which yeah, the, it, there is like a mercilessness to this game that is very much like um, what's the other one? Souls likes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, very soul like, like in that it's uh, just unforgiving, and also in that both of them kind of like challenge you to uh, to quote the internet to get good at the game <laughs> to like become act like really figure out what you're doing and then that i think makes the the win so much more satisfying mm-hmm. yeah because you know that's clearly why people are part of why people love the souls games and i can already tell that you know every time i play rogue i get a little better at it and i start to understand like what i should be doing and learning from my mistakes and it makes it way funner yeah well and again like i was saying like, i don't think like necessarily the level of difficulty was absolutely on purpose but the Mm -hmm. like that aspect of the game obviously was on purpose of like Mm. uh, this is from like years later but um wickman was gave a talk i think or something and he talked about how like um it wasn't it wasn't to be like hard that they did that stuff it's just they wanted there to be consequences to your actions like you you could feel your consequences whereas in like he talks about in like in other games, like if you can save, like try something and then be like, oh, yeah, that, that yeah. actually was bad. I'll just reload my save. That like completely deflates the like experience. Um, yeah. There is a level of drama that is unparalleled yeah. in a game where you can permanently die. <laughs> yeah. And when your actions have permanent consequences, yeah. that just makes everything so much heavier and more intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there's no real other way, I think, to get it to that level of intrigue. It's almost like gambling, <laughs> where because you know that you have so much of your time on the line almost mm-hmm. and your progress, yeah. every every win becomes 10 times more exhilarating. Mm-hmm. That, and also, like, in Rogue, like, you can, you can be doing great, and then, like, 10 seconds later, you're just dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you just make a wrong move, or you just... You just like walk into a room where there's just too many, too many enemies. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was actually going to send this to you. I, I, I have a picture of one point I walked in, into a room that was like probably like five by 10 squares, like a very small room. Mm-hmm. And it had, I think, seven monsters in it. <laughs> like they were yeah. like spelling out words basically on the page. Like there was, it was so clearly like a, a thing that it randomly, randomly generates like a crazy room that you're probably going to die in. <laughs> Yeah, I've had the, I've had stuff like that happen to me. I always like then just like go like try and run away, and then usually the like some of them will chase you. I feel like yeah into the yeah, hallway, yeah. and then at least you only have one at a time to, to <laughs> fight. Yeah, just single file line. Yeah, exactly. Mowing them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, the way that you that you die in this is almost always just by some kind of random careless mistake mm-hmm. like you're waiting there and then someone shows up and just kills you because you're waiting and not responding to their attacks yeah. or just a hobgoblin hits you for all of your health for no reason <laughs> yeah it happens every time i died was like completely unexpected almost i i think that the way that the game deals with progress is very interesting because it's also very unforgiving. I wonder if you agree with this. Just that it's like, I don't think I really at any point playing through the game got a weapon upgrade. Maybe once. Yeah. So there's, and I, yeah. And the armor almost never, it's like, it's not quick how, how that happens. No, definitely and not. Yeah. 
you're losing stats from random enemy encounters uh-huh. faster than you can like upgrade through armor and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, like there the there's those scrolls that like at least we think like like make your weapon better, like enchant your weapon or something like that. The one that makes your weapon mm-hmm. glow. So there's that, yeah. but then like it's even more than that because like you do get armor and stuff, but you don't. Like, you can't know if it's better <laughs> unless you identify it yeah. or you put it on, in which case it might be cursed. Oh. And then... <laughs> That's true. That happened to me last yeah. time. And in which case you're screwed. I, I, had a, I got a really shitty armor and a really good armor, and I put on the shitty one by accident, and it was cursed, and I couldn't take it off. Yeah. So I accidentally, like, lowered my armor stat. Yeah. Which is, yeah, another like another example of that where it's like, you're either rolling the dice or you're like, I'm just going to hold on to this until I like eventually find a scroll of identify to be able to figure out what this is. Yeah. At which point, like you might've, that might take you like two or three levels before you find, or even more before you find one. Yeah. In which case, like if ever. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, you could just be going, that could be a really good, like piece of armor that could help you survive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and this and that that leads to the choice of: Are you going to play cautiously mm-hmm. or just completely throw uh, your fate to chance? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that would get me far, and other times that would kill me. Yeah, more, more often than not, it would kill me. But yeah, I generally was like playing cautiously, but I would just like randomly drink potions to see what they did. And that clearly did not turn out well for me exactly <laughs> that last time we played where I just was blind for like... Yeah, that, that was actually really fun. Yeah, for like a whole level. Like I got through a whole level basically yeah. blind. Couldn't see anything. He didn't know it. It doesn't tell you it's going to go away. So you're yeah, just I literally thought progressing gonna, like this is my life now. <laughs> last forever. And then eventually it did go away. And then immediately after that I died. So it was, it was a short-lived relief. <laughs> Uh, that's that's rogue in a nutshell. Um, that experience, but obvious. So, uh, an interesting thing, uh, like, so you're familiar with. We talked last episode about how, um, like, the you know computer scientists worked on com- like programs that would play chess against humans. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> these scientists, uh, these, I don't. Oh, Carnegie Mellon University built the Rogue Omatic. It's a computer program that plays Rogue. <laughs> and they like would compare wow. it against human players to see who would get farther. <laughs> Did it ever beat the game? Is that one of the half dozen people that uh Toy was talking about? I think it it must have. Um but I didn't. If they, I didn't if, they, note that if down. it's so hard that a computer can't beat it, then that's on that's on uh, uh, Michael and Glenn. But they did like the researchers did talk about how it's like it's like a perfect like like system to like build artificial intelligence because there's so many different things that can happen and like so many different decisions you can make. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it has. It did win. So Rogomatic performs well when tested against expert rogue players, even winning the game. <laughs> Wow. In a test during a three-week period in 1983, Rogomatic had a higher median score than any of the 15 
top rogue players at Carnegie Mellon University and at the University of Texas Austin. It's impressive. It found the Amulet of Yendor in a passageway on the 26th level, continued onto the surface, and emerged into the light of day. <laughs> uh, wow. Spoilers. That's... That um that's honestly almost more impressive than, to me than making Rogue is making a program that can beat Rogue. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I would say just finding any way to beat Rogue is more impressive than making Rogue to me. <laughs> <laughs> also, more people like worked on that program than who <laughs> worked on Rogue, <laughs> which is great. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, that's Rogue. That's Rogue. That's Rogan. You've been Rogan with the Goggers. That's uh, Goggin with the Roggers. <laughs> uh, we didn't mention Roggin this, but you can, obviously, you can get Rogue free. You can download it um, mm. if, you, if you would like to play after hearing us talk about it. I really would recommend, yeah. if you, if you, especially if you listen to all of this without um, having played it, you've got to just go in and know what we're talking about. Yeah, and it will be, I mean, that's the whole thing of the game. It'll be a new experience for you. Like, you'll That's have true. heard some things that we said and be like, oh, I, I wonder if I'll get that, that scroll that makes my, my, my weapon glow blue. But you might just not get it. <laughs> you might not. You might never get yeah. it. You might find out what it means more than we ever <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah, we hope that you do. That too is possible. <laughs> and if you do, tell us. Please. Tweet us. Let us know. Yeah. At GameographyPod on <laughs> Twitter.com and Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. let us know. Yeah. Please, we're just curious. Yeah, that's what all. If of someone this is tells for. us just what help that us does, play this game. We'll like. Could, if you could just tell us what we're doing wrong, like, please. In every way, yeah. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Game Art. So, make it's true. We will make sure you're subscribed. <laughs> make sure you hit S to subscribe. Yeah, and then hit. G for for Gog. Yeah, hit hit star to look at your list and then hit G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for Gog, yeah. G. Gog always goes straight to G. Yeah. For obvious reasons. So make sure you do that. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm going to cut mine out. <laughs>